We're continuing this morning with uh, our series on the season of giving. Um, and we, we've spent a lot of time talking about different aspects of giving and uh, the sacrifice of giving and, and what the gift truly is. One of the things that uh, this season always brings about is gifts. Um, Emily and I have spent a, a ton of time already, you know, buying gifts for each other, for our family, for our friends. And uh, for me, that's something I love to do. I love to get gifts, and I love to give gifts. And it's, there's something fun about it. I remember growing up, um, we used to always give gifts to each other. All us kids would give gifts to each other. So, which kind of get hard at times because being six kids, I always had to come up with five gifts. And then if I was lucky, you know, or if I remembered to get something from my parents as well. And we would all be out... Um, in the garage, all, my dad's workshop, and we'd all kind of have our own little station, and we'd all be working on the gifts we were making for each other. Um, so oftentimes we end up with really creative gifts that, you know, my brother carved some wood off a piece of wood and, you know, gave it to me, and that was a gift. But I remember, you know, and then we, you know, Christmas morning, wake up, and we'd go and we'd get our gifts, and we'd unwrap them, and um, I just always remember, you know, you're always, there's the gifts you're hoping for, and you're so excited about, it, and then we get our gifts, and we just spend all... Christmas Day, the rest of the day just playing with our new toys, and that was, that's, you know, for a while, that's what Christmas was. But the thing my mom always, you know, kept drilling into our head is that it doesn't matter what you get, um, and don't be, you know, our thankfulness and, and gratitude shouldn't be based on how cool the present it was or how much we wanted it, but the fact was that it was a gift, and you should be thankful, and, um, and so... As I'm talking this morning, what you know, the thing that we say is we're talking about worshiping the gift, um, which is a complete contradiction of what my mom always told me. Um, it shouldn't matter about the gift, what you got, and we should be thankful for what we're given. But today we're talking about worshiping the gift. Um, different aspects of it, and as we try to walk through this, hopefully um, I'm making sense with what I'm saying. I'd spent a lot of time trying to wrap my mind about. This and, and at times was losing myself. Um, and so if I start to lose you, you know, let me know and hopefully I can make sense with this. I'm, in my mind, it's starting to make sense. So hopefully it'll come across that way. Uh, but we're going to talk about the fact that we were created for worship um, and what we were created to be. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, our failure to worship, um, talk about God's solution, and finally what our response should be. And so hopefully as we, we go through this, this will begin to, to make sense about it as we understand the gift and our worship of the gift. Um, talk about the fact that we were created to worship. As His creation, as God's creation, we were created to be worshipers. We were created to worship God. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, 26-27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I got a little, when I was typing this in yesterday, the last part uh, started to cause this problem because it, it mentions that one verse created, it keeps repeating itself over and over again. That God created us in His image. We are God's creation. Uh, and it's just reemphasized over and over again. We were created by God. And 
kind of like we, growing up, as we created things in my dad's workshop, we were making presents and gifts for each other. Um, ultimately, whenever we created something, it's a reflection of us. Um, if you make something, if a craftsman makes a chair, that chair, in a sense, is glorifying and is a reflection of the Creator. Because of the simple fact that you know, if I make something, I show it to you, depending on how good it is, um, you're going to be, you know, every praise that you give to that, like, wow, that's an amazing chair. Look at you, and you start to talk about the details, and you start to, to look at that. That all is reflected at whoever created it. If I make a chair, that ultimately is reflected to me. And so the nature of a created thing is that it gives glory, and it's, it's meant to reflect back glory to whatever created it. And so as God's creation, we were created then to give glory to God. That is what we are. As his creation, we are made and meant to glorify God. That is what we do. That, that is what we are. Um, Genesis 2.7 says again, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Our very existence is due to God. He is, you know, stated again, we are His creation. We are created by Him. Um, and as His creation, we're made to glorify Him. Also, we're made because of it. Again, you think about the fact that our very life, our very being, was gifted to us, was granted to us. Um, and that, again, should cause us to worship all the more. We're slightly different than a chair um, because we have we have life. We have um, you know a, a tree has life, and yet we have something more. Um, and so our again, it's the very essence of who we are and what we've been made to be should cause us to worship. Uh, again, created things reflect the glory of their creator. That is what we are made to be. What we are, and so kind of as a conclusion, as his creation, we were created for God's glory. All of mankind, all of creation was made for God's glory. But the thing that sets us apart is that God gives us a choice. And this is what again, sets us apart from every other, uh, every other part of creation. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17 explains it. It says, Then the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. God gave us as humans a choice. Um, the difference between us and a tree or an animal or anything else uh, in all of creation is the fact that we have a choice uh, whether we actually glorify God or not. Um, we have a choice. We can glorify God or we can glorify ourselves. You know, a tree has no choice but to glorify its creator. Um, it has no mind. It has no free will. It lives and it grows and everything it does glorifies God. Um, we, have, we have a choice. We have a choice of where we give our glory. The other aspect of, of this is that God requires our glory. 
Um, as created beings, God gave us a choice, and yet in that choice, it's implied what he expects of us. We, we are created to give God glory, and he requires of it. He is a jealous God. Um, Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. God alone is worthy of glory. All glory is due to God because of the fact that everything that exists, everything that has life, everything that breathes, everything exists due to God. In the beginning was God. Everything after that, everything that He created, everything that He made, everything that He set forth was created for His glory. Uh, I've been reading in Samuel uh, in the last couple weeks, and I know the Old Testament is uh, just filled with stories that uh, remind us of God's jealousy and the fact that He requires glory from His people. He requires and, and demands our praise. First Samuel 4-6 through six is the story. Uh, the Israelites are fighting back and forth with the Philistines. And this is right as uh, Samuel was a, a, a small boy living in the temple. And Eli was the, the prophet at the time. And he was not glorifying God. Um, his sons were... Um, desecrating the temple, were breaking God's commandments, and God wasn't receiving the glory that He demanded. And then the Israelites go out and fight the Philistines, um, and they're they're losing. So they figure, what we'll do, we'll just take the Ark of the Covenant with us, and God's going to come and save the day, uh, and everything will be great. And so instead of depending on the Lord, they, they figured they could make God do what they wanted and meet their needs. Uh, so they bring the ark into the camp. Uh, the Israelites are excited. They go out to battle and they get wiped out. And the Philistines capture the ark. Um, and because the Israelites were after their own glory, they, they didn't care whether God was glorified. They were worried about uh, getting glory for themselves and, and winning and being a, you know, a powerful people. Um, God punished them because God wanted the glory. Then the Philistines, uh, through the next couple chapters, have the ark and they were setting it in their temples. And all of a sudden, the city they have it in, all the people start to get uh, sick and are dying. And so they send it to another city and all the people there start to get sick and dying. I think it goes through five cities before finally they're just like, we don't want it anymore. Um, And they send it back to Israel uh, because God was requiring, and God made it very clear uh, to the Philistines who was in charge. Um, And they realized that they didn't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, When it gets back to the Israelites, they're excited. And again, uh, one of the Israelites who is there when the ark comes back, sets up and starts to um, do, again, trying to take glory for himself, and God strikes him dead. Um, And the stories continue on throughout the whole Old Testament where Whenever man steps in the way, whenever we, uh, you know, whenever these people started to uh, get high and mighty or, or trying to do things their own way, and whenever God was not receiving the glory, God stepped in in mighty ways. 
And God is a very jealous God. He demands our glory. And that leads us right into our failure to worship, which ultimately is sin. Uh, you go back Adam and Eve uh, and the choice they made. In Romans 5, it, it explains it. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. You know, we read just a minute ago in Genesis, God gave him a choice of, of what he wanted to do. And ultimately, Adam chose to glorify himself uh, because he wanted the knowledge, he wanted the wisdom, he wanted to be able to, to have some of that. And because of that, because of the fact when he stepped up and, and tried to take some glory for himself and be, be something, make something of himself, uh, all of a sudden God wasn't getting his glory. And that, that's ultimately what sin is, is when we steal God's glory. And we're trying to, to do something for ourselves. When, when temptation steps in, whether it's to lie uh, so that we don't look bad, or whether it's to steal to gain something for ourselves, or whatever it is, whenever we... Uh, you know, step outside of what God's design and God's plan is for us, and we sin. Ultimately, the difference is that God is not getting the glory that He has deserved. Uh, carries on to you and me. Uh, Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're not free from this. Um, you know, sometimes you, uh, trying to understand this, it, it doesn't really seem fair that Adam messed up and I, you know, I have to pay for it. Um, but at the same time, as, as soon as I start to think about that, I remember the fact that, you know what, um, I'm not as uh, innocent as I like to think sometimes. I'm just as guilty of the fact that I uh, do how many things to steal God's glory and, and to, to puff up my own pride or to you know, build my own self or steal something uh, that belongs rightfully to God. The effects of sin... Um, are pretty clear cut. One, it steals God's glory. Uh, sin, no matter what shape or form, sin steals God's glory. Uh, in essence, sin is giving glory to someone or something other than God. You know, whatever you know, whatever sin you can imagine, if you, if you really think about it, what's happening is that God is not getting His glory. Romans one twenty through twenty three. Uh, talks about it and really explains it. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We are without excuse. All of creation is glorifying God and is, is a living testimony to who God is. We are without excuse. Uh, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. That's the fall. That is where mankind is. That's where we are. Because we, knowing who God was, being inexcusable, exchanged the glory of God for something else. We did not give God what was rightfully His. Uh, the other effect of sin is that it hinders us from glorifying God. 
not only is, is sin stealing God's glory, but sin in of itself prevents us from glorifying God. It hinders us because we're separated from God. Sin ultimately separates us from God. When we have sin, God is a holy God, cannot be, uh, cannot be in the presence of sin, cannot stand it. Uh, and so we're separated from Him. Uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, um, I forgot to type this in, but it says, And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in what you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. That is the state that we were in. That's the state that, that people are in. Because of sin, we are dead. Spiritually dead, we can't even relate to God, let alone give Him glory. Don't get me wrong that just because we, uh, as mankind, are choosing not to give glory doesn't mean that God's not going to get His glory. Ultimately, in the end, God will be glorified. Uh, whether it's through us uh, choosing to give God glory and live our lives to glorify Him, or whether ultimately it's in uh, God punishing and condemning people to hell. Um, God will be glorified. Ultimately, in the end, um, you know, at times it might seem. You know, Leverance talked about it that, that you know, right now it doesn't seem like God's uh, winning. Um, it seems like there's a lot of people. Um, you know, the world's filled with people who are are blaspheming and and uh, saying, you know, and, and making fun of God. And yet, in the end, God will be victorious, and God will get His glory. So his solution, as Dan talked about this last week, uh, Scott mentioned it this morning, the gift. This is what our, the whole season's about. This is what we've been talking about, is the gift. Um, because of what we were made to be and yet our choice, um, there, there's a huge problem. Sin, uh, because of the fact that we were dead, we could not do anything. No matter how hard we tried, we cannot bridge that gap and do something. God had to step in. Jesus Christ coming as a man to be a sacrifice on our behalf. Scott talked about it clearly this morning. Um, we were helpless, um, and yet God stepped in. And you know, we're going to celebrate it uh, next Sunday, uh, the birth of our Savior, that He came as a man uh, to live a perfect life. And with that sacrifice, when He when He died on the cross, uh, innocent and bore our sin as a sacrifice. Romans 5, 18 and 19, this is right after we talked about with sin, with Adam and Eve. Uh, it says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Through Adam's sin, when Adam chose to take glory for himself rather than to give it to God, uh, it affected every one of us. And we're all born into sin. Um, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came. There's our gift. To all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. The gift is theirs. Ours for the taking. God made the way for us to be uh, right with Him again. Ephesians 2, 
right after what I, what I just read, the fact that we were dead, the state that we were in, uh, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Uh, and and in uh, Ephesians 8, you know, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. And not only is it the gift of God that God gave it to us, but Jesus Christ is the gift of God that we receive. So not only is God giving us the gift, but it's God giving himself on our behalf. You know, trying to understand, you know, I, I think about it, 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 it's so hard to realize that that was God's solution. Um, you would have think that God could have made an easier way. Um, and yet, uh, God being holy um, chose to do the hardest thing. He chose to make a way so that we all, uh, once again, can have that right standing and be back in a place where we have a relationship with God and can choose to give Him glory. The gift restores us to God once again in that place. Um, we can do what we were created to do. We go back to the fact that we were created to give God glory uh, because of Jesus Christ coming as a baby on Christmas. Because of his perfect life, his sacrifice on our behalf, we can once again do what we were created to do. So our response, worship. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, this again, this is uh, where I can go back and tell my mom that, you know, in this case she's wrong. Um, we are to worship the gift. Um, because it's what we, first off, because it's what we were created to do. Um, you and I were created to give glory to our God, and once again, because of the gift, we can. And so, as we gather here this morning, we had the opportunity to sing, we had the opportunity to praise, we had the opportunity to learn. Our lives can be worshipped when we are walking according to His will, when we are giving Him glory. That's what we were created to do. Uh, CP and Suzanne were over last night, and we were talking about this uh, for what ended up being a long time. It didn't seem that long, but when they finally left and we looked at the clock, it was kind of scary. Um, we were talking about the fact that God has gifted each and every one of us with something that we're great at. Um, and when we use that, whatever it is, when we use the, the gifts and the talents we have and we give glory for, to God... Um, when people who are gifted, you know, like Brian, at building things and working with his hands, when he spends all that time at the new building making it look amazing so that we can gather and worship, God is glorified. Um, and yet there's other people, the world is full of examples of people who are amazingly gifted, whether it's with music, whether it's with athletics, or whether it's with an amazing mind for business. And yet what do they do? We see it, you can turn on... Uh, MTV or turn on the news and see example after example of people whose sole existence is to get glory for themselves. Um, and if they surrendered their lives to Christ and followed His plan, they could uh, do amazing things and give glory to God. And yet, um, again, sin is in the way. And what is their purpose in life? It's to give themselves glory and become as rich and famous as possible. Not again. Not that wealth or or, or fame is a sin. 
Um, and yet when their purpose is to get it for themselves, um, when they're stealing God of the glory that's due His name, when, when they're taking credit for uh, their own gift and using it in whatever they want, um, sin is there. And there. There's that whole deal with pride. And You know, CP and I were talking, you know, sometimes I'm really thankful um, that God stopped my football career and that I didn't end up, you know, making millions of dollars playing in the NFL or in, you know, CFL arena or somewhere. Um, you know, and CP just talked about the fact that, you know, he's glad that track's over and he's not, you know, the fastest man in the world because, you know, I don't, I honestly don't think I could deal with it. With all that fame and glory, it, it would be hard to truly give glory to God and not to fall. Um, and, you know, it was a interesting talk. <laughs> we went on a long time, but, but it comes back to the fact that we were created. All the gifts I, I have a hard enough time giving God credit when, you know, I do when I did great in a test or when I do something well and people give me praise. It's really hard not to, you know, take that and feel good about it because you know I did it. Yep, that's me. But to give glory to God, it's it's a struggle and it's something that is hard. And I I know I haven't mastered it, um, but God is the only one who's worthy of that praise and God's the one who deserves that. And my life should be constantly pointing towards him. Uh, Psalm 150. Uh, I, I just picked a couple of psalms, but read through psalms. That's a great example of what our lives should be. Our lives should be a pouring out of worship to God. Uh, this one, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've been given life from God. And not only that, but we've been made right with Him once again for this very purpose, to praise God. So praise Him. Uh, Secondly, we can worship Him because of what He's done for us. Not only, uh, in a sense, are we obligated to worship because of the very fact of what that we're made and we are uh, a living being and created by God, but now we have the added bonus of being able to praise God because of what He did. Not only did He create us and are we ever indebted to Him because of that, but then he made us alive in him once again. He bore the burden, took our sin upon himself so that we would be free and have life. And, and there, once again, we're you know, forever indebted to him to give him worship for what he did for us on our behalf. God had no obligation to save us. He had every right uh, to, to destroy us and to wipe us out. Um, to just, the earth would be gone. And he had every right to do it because all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and we deserved it. And yet, in his amazing mercy, he chose to save us. And with this psalm, Psalm 98, uh, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. 
So our response, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. The world and all those who dwell in it, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the people with equity. God is worthy of our praise. All of creation is praising God. Um, let's join in. Um, this week, um, next Sunday, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let's worship the gift um, because He is worthy. Let's close in prayer. Father, uh, we come to you uh, humbly realizing uh, our debt to you. Father, we realize that, that you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of all our praise and all glory. God, we, uh, we desperately want to be people uh, who glorify you. And God, you know our hearts. You know our struggles. You know that we're imperfect people, and yet uh, our heart is to praise you. God, we give you this week uh, with uh, all the celebration, the festivities, it's so easy to lose sight uh, of why we celebrate. And God, I pray you would just uh, remind us, uh, put it so indelibly on our heart, that the reason uh, that we worship you this season is because of your amazing gift and the life that we have in you. Let us not forget it. I pray that this would be on our hearts always, not just uh, during this Christmas season, but that you would just uh, cause our, our hearts and our lives to reflect your glory. In your name we pray. Amen.